Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. A cautionary tale. Listen to what they say, then do the opposite. Your hosts, Colin Flynn and John M. Craig. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. It's hosted by two guys that have never met each other in real life. I'm one of those guys. My name is Colin Flynn. I hail from the state of Iowa. And my co-host, Mr. John M. Craig. Hey, what's up, Colin? Last uh, show, show number 96. I uh, literally phoned it in for show number 97. I am going to figuratively phone this shit in. I'm going to be, I'm going to start angry, angry. Okay, good. I got locked out of my fucking Sprint account. They locked me out for 20 minutes. You know why? Because they fucking, you know, you know the security level now for a fucking password? You need a capital letter. You need a symbol. Yes. You need numbers. Yes. It's got to be a minimum of eight characters. Yes. My brain can't fucking remember all that shit. You type in the same thing twice without seeing it show password. No, fucking, you missed. And then I get locked out because oh, I can't use that one because I used that last time. Well, I forgot that because you. And then I talked to some lady in the Philippines and she. And I made her stay on hold even though she told me they couldn't help me. I said, no, you're going to stay on hold. And then I didn't hang up the phone because I was busy being in the house <laughs> eating peanut butter and shit. And the phone was, she's like, excuse me, sir, mister. Craig, uh, we're not allowed to hang up. I'm like, yeah, we're not allowed to hang up. Well, then fuck you, you fucking cunt. <laughs> so uh, eat peanut butter, I'm just going to eat peanut butter. You're going to wait for me until I get into that Sprint PCS account, okay? Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm fine, though. I'm fine. I'm just, I'm good. I'm just a little tired. It's been a long week. You know, I got a real shit to complain about, and I apologize. Uh, what's going on with the kid that brought the gun to the school? <laughs> <laughs> you want to just jump yeah. in there. No, no, I just, you know what I mean? You just, I have to have perspective here. It's so, just stupid, my nonsense. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of, uh, I guess what I would say is a predictable response uh, in that uh, it took a little while for uh, uh, the, uh, okay, the school didn't want to say anything because they're afraid, I think, that they're going to get sued by letting out too much information about a minor. Uh, they tried to downplay it. And then, uh, so students at the school now have, uh, especially within the junior class, uh, have decided that they wanted to, uh, that there should be more of a discussion going on about this and so they're using the old uh, hashtags from the uh, parkland stuff uh, right i can't remember what those were but uh, at any rate um so the, the students uh had a rally sort of yesterday it wasn't a big which deal. was a saturday yeah on saturday they they had a uh, we've got a little local performing arts sort of place here and they had some some bands from school come and they they uh, uh you know talked about uh, what was going on and, and i you know it was uh it was pretty low-key though actually the, the response um Right. Well, so, I should dial it back a little bit. I did bring this up, and just in case it's someone's first time ever hearing us, uh, Colin, who lives in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, uh, he, your, your daughter, um, Zoe, is uh, what? She's uh, 15, sophomore. Is that correct? Uh, that's Tori. Yeah. Uh, Tori. Sorry, sorry. Uh, and and so, so Tori's went to school, and there was a kid, a junior, right? Like a 16-year-old who had yeah. warrants out for an arrest or something. When the cops came to get the kid, they found a locker, I mean a gun in his locker or in his possession, something like that. Uh, it was on him. On, his on him. That's even crazier. Yeah. That's a, like, I mean, it wouldn't be good if it was in his locker, but for them to, yeah. So anyway, so the, the school hasn't really addressed it, or they, they, address, they addressed it by saying um, he was not a threat and he wasn't bringing the gun to school to threaten kids or shoot up the school essentially right the the actual quote about the kid not being a threat uh, uh, after i read everything officially came from the uh, from the police from the local police department saying uh, that the kid was not a uh, that they didn't feel it was a, a, a threat to the school now um if somebody's got a gun in school i think that's a threat but what they were trying to say was and i think they poorly worded it uh that as far as what they were trying to uh you know uh sort of tell the world was that um there was not a plot or a plan for him to right. uh, do a mass shooting he just had it there in case you know somebody uh unless shit went way. down shit went down shit got in his way <laughs> right uh for whatever reason then you know uh, then right. he, he may use it right if or if if a buck snuck into the school yeah, a male exactly. you know a buck and it was uh, filled <laughs> with testosterone and it was ready to take out one of the kids he was going to protect them he'll take them out yeah, that motherfucker's got horns i'm gonna shoot his ass <laughs> it's just so so i so i figured that 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 is uh poorly worded that uh that we you know There's uh, no threat no right threat. Yeah. That, that's yeah and that should be worded differently and it should be it should say we're you know we're 
fairly yes. confident that yes. the the boy had no plan or plot to. I don't know how you yes. word that in a positive way. I don't know how you spin a kid with a gun in your kid's school in a positive way. The school had no official uh, None? position on it whatsoever. No, no, no email, no letter, well, nothing. They, they, they emailed. They did. There was an email that, uh, as yeah, I, I said last time, we didn't get informed, but there was an email that did go out. Um, as it turns out, it was somehow on a list that uh, neither uh, Rachel nor I were uh, somehow left off of. I get fucking notifications about every other goddamn thing about 4,000 times. You know, if there's a soup fucking fundraiser for the, uh, you know, band at, uh, you know, whatever, I, I get all that shit. If they're selling candy bars for the, uh, you know, for the fucking whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm getting all that shit. But, uh, you know, if there's a shooting, I somehow got left off that, that list. But anyway, um, I didn't read the actual language of it, but... Um, I think it was fairly consistent with what the police had. But, I mean, as far as them uh, saying to the media or anything with uh, any of their social media accounts, which they have uh, various Twitter, various Facebook, uh, various uh, accounts that um, where they could have posted something uh, in some sort of uh, way, shape, or form, there was zero, zilch, nothing, completely quiet. So other than the um, email, that was it. Do you or your wife, Rachel, have any friendships or relationships with anyone that works for the school or the school board? Out of curiosity, just that you have like a personal relationship outside of school. Uh, not on school board, but we do have uh, one good friend that is a on the. Uh, she's uh, she was president of the PTA, and now she's uh, uh, she stepped down. She's still on PTA, but she, I think she's some some sort of a uh, she may be treasurer or something. Now. Did she have any insight? Did you talk to her? No. No, no, no. I think she. Well, we did talk to her, yes, and she. Um, she's pretty much thoroughly disgusted with uh, with the. Uh, well, I would imagine, but sometimes I was on the parent-teacher organization at my child's elementary school, and in elementary school, you're really involved. I don't know what it's like on the middle school or high school level, and it, and it really depends on the school, the administration. But sometimes you have access. We had a lot of access to our principal. So sometimes you have access that and may be privy to things that you shouldn't be because you're at the school more than most parents. Right, and she's she's that she's got that sort of thing going. The the to a, to a degree, the school we had a we've brought in a new principal. Um, there there have been some issues with that with this school uh, over the last couple of years. They had a um, they had an administrator uh, that stepped down uh, over uh, the guy that had been there for for a long long time, uh, like twenty years or maybe even a little longer than that was uh, a guy that was uh, either well well loved or, or hated by some other folks it seemed like it was uh, uh, really a, a, a wide range of emotions about the the previous administration this guy had uh, stepped down on and you and I had talked about this on a show earlier we <laughs> we had a uh, we had a stripper that was, uh, well, a, a woman uh, that was teaching school at the school that ended up having some sort of an affair with a student. No, I say a woman, she was uh, 23 or something like that. Uh, she went on to a uh, illustrious career right now, which she has uh, as a uh, pole dancer stripper. Um, and uh, it, when that was uh, came came to light and the, uh, the way it was handled initially, uh, that administration, that guy, he basically tried to kind of keep that on the on the down low and was trying to handle it um, outside where uh, a lot of uh, people thought it should be handled. And uh, he was uh, after uh, what a lot of people would have called an illustrious uh, career at the school. Uh, a guy that was probably uh, he also was was not uh, he was not a young buck. He was uh, I think still uh, hanging on to his his career at about age I'm thinking it was about age seventy somewhere along. In that, in that range. Well. Uh, anyway, he stepped down. So we, we've had a weird, uh, a weird uh, political structure that's gone on at the school. Now we've got this uh, kid walking around with a gun. The the thing that went on yesterday was mostly still focused around the uh, the, the uh, Second Amendment, gun control. Let's get rid of guns. Um, there was was an I saw at least one. Uh, uh, online argument that was going on. It was versus the uh, Second Second Amendment people that were, uh, you know, talking about the right to bear arms. Then the other people that were on the other side were saying abolish uh, all of that and uh, let's get guns out of America. Neither of which I have expressed my opinion uh, pretty vehemently. I think advance uh, anything towards getting uh, a safe environment anytime soon for kids in school. Uh, and uh, so what I've thought about here, and I, I'm going to try to. Um, I've been trying to figure out. Um, 
at least a way to throw out the idea as a as a suggestion. And here's what I think ought to happen, um, or maybe across the country in various areas. But I think it would be. Um, we have pilot schools. We have things that go on where, where uh, a school gets designated as a pilot school in some you know regard, and uh, we we experiment. We decide, okay, we're going to let these guys uh, do something that's outside the realm of what most of the schools are. I don't see any any reason why it wouldn't be a good idea in the United States to experiment with uh, in certain areas and have some schools, some localities that step up and say, hey, we'll, we are willing to try this with one of our one of our schools in town. Here we've got. I think five or six uh, high schools. I'd have to count them up. But uh, anyway, so what if we took one of these schools and as a pilot program, we decided to take that school and we uh, went with the metal detector idea that they have in, De- in Detroit and Chicago. And we limited access in and out of the building and uh, did that for a while just at this one single school and uh, tried as an experiment to see what and where I would go with this. What I would suggest is um, let's ask the students uh, during the year, at the end of the year, let's let's talk to the people at the school and say, um, was this really a big, huge pain in the ass? Did you feel like it was a prison or was it more like an airport or, or a courthouse scenario? Um, how, how did you feel about that? Did you feel safer? If going to school during the day was it was an easier thing for you, uh, where you sat in the classroom? I've, I've heard anecdotes about students uh, will sit in a certain position in the school uh, to try to make sure that they've got uh, eyes on the door uh, easier access out of the out of the uh, out of the place in case something you know jumps off and if something were to happen with uh, shooting kids are more aware that uh, they need to be able to get out of the place uh, than they you know it's it's a thing that's on the mind of some kids and uh, rightly so if if you're in a situation where nobody's protecting you and we and, and quite frankly that's what I've said I think that's what's going on right Right now, I don't think we are protecting them uh, in in a manner that's uh, uh, positive. I, I you know, if a kid can get into school with a gun at well, Cedar Rapids Washington High School and walk around with it pretty much unencumbered for the most part uh, until he's finally uh, arrested, I've got to think, as I've said before, that that's going on otherwise. So anyway, what I'd like to do is see some pilot schools try to test this and try to talk to the students, the student body at the uh, as this experiment goes on and say, what's it like? How does it feel? If it's a bad idea, we can uh, we can we can quit. If it works there, maybe we can uh, we can keep it, or maybe we need to tweak it, do something a little bit differently. But what can we do to uh, change things other than the what I feel like is the is the uh, zero chance uh, likelihood that we're going to uh, get rid of uh, all weapons uh, it, to the point in the United States where this doesn't happen because uh, we're taking guns away, which I think is uh, is. Uh, it's silly thinking in my mind. Um, not that, uh, uh, anyway, that's, that's where I'm at. But so I'm, I'm going to suggest somehow to somebody, let's do an experiment. Let's, well, let's, yeah, let's start uh, with one. Let's start with one. I'm, I'm not against that. I wouldn't be against that at my kid's school. Uh, however, the town that I live in, you know, I know it's Red Bank, but that's my mailing address. But the town, um, Middletown, we have two high schools, two public high schools, north and south. Uh, south is, quote-unquote, the better of the two high schools, they say, academically, a lot of other things, class of kids. It, it goes deeper than just the academics and the sports, uh, at least uh, superficially. You know, we are a fairly, you know, predominantly white middle to upper middle class uh, community. However, there are two towns um, that are sort of a little bit lower income. That's sure, a North right. Middletown and this town of Keensburg. And even though Keensburg may have its own school district, I think there are parts of it where the kids go to Middletown High School North. So anyway, um, and, and I think it would be an issue. Which one would you choose? I mean, on paper, based on what I'm saying, the anecdote that I have here is you'd put it into high school north. But again, I don't know, you know. Um, but then, then again, then what's the cost of it? Even though we're a town of uh, seventy thousand people, the largest uh, population in in uh, Monmouth County, the county of New Jersey that we're in, it's um, 
I don't know. I, what, what's, the, what's the implication? What is the cost? How is it going to be managed? You know, do you have to now have more security, more officers? See, the, my concern with basically with all of these schools is the points of entry. I'm not talking about for a school shooting. I'm just saying in general. I have. True. I think I've told you this. Like I was walking around on Staten Island where I grew up. Um, I was waiting to get, this is back in like, I think January, February, when I had to replace all four tires of my car. And... I was just trying to kill time, so I decided to take a walk, and I walked around this elementary school. There was an after-school program. The gate was open, and there was a door that was wide open, and I could see the after-school people inside. There may have been a security guard. It was like, I don't know, probably a woman in her, like, 50s. I mean, not. she didn't seem like a fit woman. She didn't seem to be carrying a weapon. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying, not that I would do anything, but it really threw me. You know, and just like what, be free, like forget about shooting. What about a predator? These are young kids. Yeah, <laughs> like right. it's very open, and I understand we want it to be convenient for parents and whatever. But I never had an issue when I couldn't get into my kid's school. I never had an issue when someone, when I was on the parent-teacher organization and my kids were in elementary school, and there was a parent that did not know me or recognize me, see me with a camera and a beer. Like you know what I mean? Like I had no issue with that. Like. If they asked who I was, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. weird thing. I mean, Too only much, in the sense yeah. that it's like, be, just because uh, in the sense that I'm, uh, you know, I'm a, a white guy in my 40s, you know, with a big beard and wacky hair and, and I'm lurking around a school and you don't know me, I'd be concerned. I'd want to know. I'd want to I'd want to alert someone or ask someone at the school, you know, who's that? You're and, looking out the window and going, holy fuck. Right, no, but I would giant. do the same thing. I would do the yeah. same thing for the moms. I'm like, excuse yeah. me, who are you? Who, who are you exactly? You don't you know? know. I mean, you, you know, know. but it, again, it's not, it's not like it's it's not always a good idea to approach someone that way. But it always w- was a little bit troublesome when it was so easy to get into these schools. Well, actually, I did watch a video. Did did you see this? There was a video of a of a black fella, an African American man. I don't know what town it was in, where he lived in a nice co op or condo building. It looked like a modern building, and there was a white woman um, walking her little you know pomeranian or some dog like that, and she must have been coming out to walk her dog it was at night and she kept like who are you what are you doing here and he had his key fob and she kept asking you what apartment do you live in and she's like please please get out of my way please let me into my building she's like this is my building it's my building too and she it was persistent and he just kept the camera on her and then he he finally walked in and then she followed him she got into the elevator followed him to his floor and she asked well well, i'd like to know you i'd like to know you only reason there's no question the only reason she was doing that because he was a black guy Right, right, and he knows that. You know? Exactly, yeah. and, and it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, um, I mean, if she was, she could have called the cop. Either way, it was not that she wasn't looking good. She looked like uh, an Amy Schumer character, but without any funny in it. There was no funny, none. Right. Uh, but it was one of those things where it's like, you're in a gray area because it's like, because it's a nice building, and, this, and you don't know this guy. It's like I don't know. You're not going to know people in certain cities, in certain buildings, especially a newer building. You know, people move in all the time, and it's uh, you know. So it is slippery slope with that. But for me, you know, it's my kid's school. I'm cool with it. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not cool with Sprint having me write. You know, uh, have like uh, 17 characters, capitals, you know, uh, symbols. But I'm I'm very cool with with school safety and security, making it a little bit more challenging. And quite frankly, what's the big fucking deal, right? It's a little well, bit as long as you can yeah. logistically get the kids in and out of the school, right? And and that's what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you made it, if you made a school so that the access was, you had to put in a username and password to get through the door, and the username and password had to be as 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 uh, well set up and structured as the thing you were just complaining about with Sprint, <laughs> and it had to change. Like at work, we have to change passwords. It's like every ninety days or something. So uh, everybody's got a password. It's got all this complicated shit. It changes every ninety days. Uh, it shouldn't be the same as any of your other passwords because that could allow people to get into your other. Accounts, and then we made that the criteria for getting into school. What then, motherfuckers? <laughs> Ret- retinal scans. No, seriously. Like, it's, well, yeah, at some yeah, point, yeah. like, why not? Like, like for kids, right? Yeah. Like, what? Do we, is yeah. it safe? What's the cost of this? You know, how do you put it? It's probably very costly installing. Well, it, sh- right it would be. It would be. I actually did look at the uh, cost of metal detectors this week because I've been I've been giving this a lot of thought, and uh, there are. It looked to me like some metal detectors that run in the twenty five hundred dollar range. I don't know if they were talking about the handheld stuff or whatever, but. Um, 
I, I don't know. I think if you, you could probably get some sort of uh, subsidy, mm. some sort of funding, I'm sure, from from uh, from corporate USA to uh, for a pilot program for a school. And uh, I should. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to keep. Um, I'm going to keep the the idea rolling. The, the, to me, the well, most. I was just going to say the, the most yeah, yeah. disheartening part about all this whole thing this week is yesterday, as a part of this uh, of this uh, thing that the students put together, uh, they had a special showing of Bowling for Columbine. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> that that okay, it was that was widely torn apart when it came out, whatever the fuck, how long ago. Um, if you Google just the factfulness of uh, fact versus fiction with uh, Bowling for Columbine uh, by people that are completely down the middle, have no ax to grind, that thing has been shown to be complete uh, bullshit about a lot of the, the statistics and the way it gathered um, its statistics and, and the, the uh, point of view that it was trying to make. Um, outdated bullshit and we're still trying to we've got somebody in in the school system that still fucking a is believing that stupid shit and b trying to uh this much later in history is still trying to get kids to fucking believe it you know we need to wake the fuck up you know just i, I and and be uh pragmatic and and focus more on what the fuck's going on in real world Right. Well, um, documentaries, particularly those those types of documentaries, particularly uh, a, a Michael Moore documentary, it definitely has an agenda and a slant, and it always has. From the very first one he made that was mainstream, Roger and Me, where he was dealing with Flint, Michigan, uh, town that he's from, you know, and uh, was it Ford? I can't remember the guy. And it was like it was the the CEO of, of Ford at the time, and it was. I mean, it becomes he. He's a character in his own movie. It's it's very uh, it, he it's very manipulative and it is and, very manipulative. and the, you know and is a decent storytelling sure but it's not a it's it's not a straight up true documentary. It's not it's not like a Ken Burns style yeah, yeah. documentary that is just dealing with facts, right? You right. know, it's it's not like that. You know, and, and I don't know that that exists much. And I, I think I just you know I just saw on HBO. Um, I, I was um. I actually I meant to look for AMC to go into Better Call Saul, but I accidentally clicked on HBO and got to the main menu screen. And one of the featured shows is Pod Save America, which I'm assuming is a podcast. I've heard of it. Yeah, I've, you know, I've listened to it, but I can't remember much about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know much about it, but I mean, apparently it's a TV show. And it's okay, percentage wise, it's very low this number. But but some of these podcasts that are doing sort of audio documentaries and storytelling are almost better storytelling than you know, traditional documentary films sometimes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they, they move quicker, I think. And so there, there's, okay, so like if you take the Moore thing, for example, obviously he, he would have spent um, quite a bit of time putting together a documentary and uh, point of view or not, whatever. It's just, it's something that when uh, when it's when it's done, um, it's going to have more of a point of view, I think, because they, they've got longer to, to, to think about it and to take the time to do it. You know, on these podcasts, um, they, it may take them a couple of weeks to put it together, but that's probably, you know, at the outside as much time as they spend on one. And so I think probably a lot of times it's uh, it's closer to maybe closer to the truth. I don't know. Well, I, I think it, I think it's sort of like a, a, a newspaper article and a magazine article, right? It's similar yeah, yeah, yeah. to that. Or, you know, a TV news story versus a newspaper versus is a, a magazine, right? Right, where right. you have a little bit more time versus a book, right? You, there's more time, more research, and what I think is happening, particularly with the NPR style, the NPR documentaries, whether it's like WBEZ in Chicago and they're working with like a local TV network or or the the local paper, like the Chicago Tribune, like they did that with the. Um, the police officer that shot i don't know how many times um he, he killed that kid in um, yeah. in chicago a right. couple of years ago it really had an effect on politics police etc and they did they did the thing where whatever it was called and the, and it just goes a little bit deeper right it's trying to get you know it it i think there are more journalists more researchers as opposed to a guy like michael moore or like guy nick broomfield that guy's the one that did uh, Kurt and Courtney, and he did Biggie and Tupac. He's this British guy, and he is a full-on character. 
in his own documentaries. Like, that's part of the story is him trying to get the story. But he's not getting the real story. Just this fucking, you know, rabbit hole bullshit, you know? Sure, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I, again, I, it's, I don't know if they've done a good, a good one um, on school shootings. You know, one that is sort of not agenda-free, but a little bit m- less biased in one direction. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard for it uh, not to have a bias because everybody. Well, and and then you know, and and I think one of the things that with these school shootings that's challenging uh, is that we don't want to focus on the shooter, right? We don't want to tell their story, (laughs) but but what are the similarities, right? What what is it that causes this? What is it that brings us to this point? Like, are we looking for? And then even so, all it will take is one school shooter that does not fit that mold. That breaks the mold. Now what? Right. Now yeah. what do we do? Yeah. Right? Because I was just thinking about the, uh, the what do you call it? The uh, the metal detectors. Yeah. Okay. There's. It's rare that you can have one point of entry or exit in a school. Now let's talk. Think about after school activities. Now you've right. got kids that are involved in sports sure. on site. Yeah. And they've got to go into the locker room or wherever they are inside the school and go out. So they're going to be in and out, in and out. You know, lots, what lots is sports, stopping? Yeah. Right. So what is stopping them from coming out to do a sport and then meeting up with someone, getting a gun from a car? You know what I'm saying? What is stopping that? Yeah. And, you know? and like at, at the school I'm talking about, there the, so, okay, so you, the sports thing, you got um, uh, girls teams, boys teams, you got, uh, you, you know, all sorts of directions. Everybody's headed. You got the cross country people that are taking off, uh, out, you know, just to go out for a run and meeting somewhere when they get back. You've got the uh, tennis team that's out on the tennis court and you got the um, uh, swim team that's down on the end where they've got the swimming pool and there's everybody, want, obviously, you want to go into the door that's the most convenient for you mm-hmm, to, to mm-hmm. you know, leave and, and uh, enter into it. And I understand all that and i don't know how that would work exactly i don't know how it works uh, you got these inner city schools we we're talking about uh, that i was mentioning with uh, with uh, detroit and chicago where they've been doing this for a while how they do that i, I don't have a clue how many students are passing or, or how they how that's all put together but and it would take a different more rigid mindset but uh, my, my high school so this is newdorp high school in staten island new york so my parents went to the same high school, but they were in a different building. So I entered high school in 1985. In 1982, they built a new building that was probably like four times the size of the original Newdorf High School. And this thing had four wings, okay? Now, I want to say that our school was roughly about 2,000 kids, you know, ninth grade through 12th grade, freshman to senior. And... I, I just tried to Google it, but I couldn't find the information. It, it, I think it was designed like a prison, like they were wings. And if sure. you had a situation, if you had a bomb threat or a school shooting, not that we had those back then, I think you could lock down the school, right? So you could you could isolate the four areas, right? So there you go. Makes, you had, makes sense, yeah. Right. It, I mean, I, it didn't necessarily feel like a prison to me, but I just Googled it and, and saw an image of the building, and I'm like, Kinda, kinda. Yeah. I mean, on this TV show the other day, we were shooting at a prison, um, the Queen's House of Detention. Okay. Okay. And uh, I ended up going in uh, just a couple of times because that's where they had craft service, you know, the snacks and such, coffee and whatever. Um, you had to give your ID and then they give you a badge. And I walked in and it's, uh, by the way, I, I don't ever want to be in prison. <laughs> I think I was in the whole, I think the area that we were at was like the holding pen. I saw a few desks and a few corrections officers sitting around. And, uh, I was like, this is pretty dark and dank. Like I wouldn't even want to spend one night in here. <laughs> It's really pleasant, quite frankly. They call it prison. Yeah, it's not good. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, in high school, I don't recall feeling like I was in a prison. At one point, I I think we had metal detectors at one point. I could be mistaken about that, but yeah, you're closer to the to the uh, to the big city than uh, yeah. Well, we had a lot of that was a time where we had a lot of race issues. Um, yeah. I think things were changing right around then, like 19. I graduated in, 80, in 1989. I think around 1987, 1988, they, there was more busing and a lot going on, and then that was some of the issues where it was like like black kids and white kids, and like a chain would get a gold chain would get snatched. That was a big thing back then. It was a weird yeah. time, but. Uh, yeah. 
And then there were there were weapons, but they're usually knives. I don't think there I don't think there was a situation where there were guns. Not, not the guns. I don't recall we, any. We have all over today. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I would love to be able to roll back time and uh, have uh, created some uh, gun uh, gun laws, some gun uh, uh, I don't know whatever you want to call it, some some statutes that would have uh, uh, slowed some of this shit down. I think it's gone. It's, I'm I'm not against gun guns or gun ownership necessarily, but uh, uh, I think it's we there's way too fucking many. We got to a point where it got too easy, and uh, but that ship has sailed and that. Uh, you, there's not a damn thing you can do about it now because people aren't going to give those things up. At least as far as I can tell. So uh, yeah, it's a I don't know. I, I'll keep I'll keep I'll keep pounding at it. Um, speaking speaking of pounding at it, I'm going to change subject. Yep. Uh, uh, I was introduced to something. It was it was a big weekend uh, here in the state of Iowa yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was it was a big day for uh, college football in that both uh, University of Iowa Hawkeyes uh, big winners uh, and uh, kind of established themselves as, as being I think for real yesterday when they pounded Indiana. But then later on in the evening uh, they didn't get as much uh, uh, probably sh- uh, as big a spotlight on them as uh, Iowa State University did when they um, for the second week in a row uh, beat a ranked team yesterday. They uh, last night they uh, pretty well pounded uh, West Virginia, which uh, number six ranked uh, team in the country and and uh, as uh, that was going on at least the, the first game in the, in the day we had gone out and had uh, Rachel and I were uh, we had a weird start today a, a longer uh, thing than I'll tell you about the, the, the other part later but um, so we went to get breakfast at this place. It's kind of a, a pub type place where there's alcohol and they, they've got good breakfast. And uh, so we go to this place for breakfast, and the, the bartender, real uh, talky, uh, talkative, kind of a younger younger guy, looked like he was. Uh, Jesus Christ, he looked like he was about. Uh, I seriously, if I would saw this guy walking down the street, and somebody would have said, "How old is this guy?" Other than the tattoos, um, if you would have just said, "Look at his face. How old is he?" I would have said probably like uh, 16. I would have seriously guessed 16, <laughs> but uh, apparently all than that but um he he asked me he goes hey uh have you heard about uh, this uh this, this new vodka i'm like well new vodka what are you talking about and he goes there's this new vodka it's called uh, ingenious in, or ingenious or something like that he says uh, i'm not sure exactly how you pronounce it so um he goes on to tell me the story that um isu the university uh, iowa state university uh, in ames iowa uh, the cyclones they have a uh it's an engineering sh- school primarily iowa state is and uh there was a vodka that's been that's been uh, invented. I guess within the last year or so is when it started uh, production. Mm-hmm. Uh, a professor at Iowa State University, a guy named Johannes von Lewin. Johannes mm-hmm. von Lewin. He's a professor in the Department of Civil Construction and Environmental Engineering. He invented and succeeded in developing the purest vodka mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Now this ingenious. It's spelled I. N-G-E-N-I, like you're spelling ingenious, and except the last is ozone. So it's it's a combination of ingenious and ozone. Mm-hmm. O-Z, and it's mm-hmm. capital O-Z mm-hmm. is in the middle there, so ingenious. Yeah. Now this vodka is now purported to be the uh, the purest uh, purest alcohol, purest vodka that you can drink, and um, according to the bartender, he says is hangover-free vodka. You can drink this <laughs> vodka, and it's... <laughs> hangover free but uh, I was reading the article about the distillation process and what he's done and I guess apparently it, uh, it apparently it's it's kind of a, uh, a new step in alcohol what he's what he's been able to do and uh, the amount of uh, uh, I guess uh, toxicity and whatever compared to other other brands and things like that uh, that it's uh, actually is quite a bit different he, uh, there's uh, he's uh, there's a chart on the bottle he was showing us that it talks about the impurities that are in vodka. Now, uh, vodka, I, I'm aware of that. I know people are, are pretty uh, pretty nuts about lately. Is one called Tito's, which is, uh, man, I think, believe in Austin, Texas. Uh, Tito's had um, a, uh, an impurity level of 49, it said on the bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolute uh, was, I think, 16 uh, mm-hmm. number of impurities. And uh, the uh, Ingenias, I think, is no impurities. So uh, it's it's much more pure than these other ones and so uh, there's there's a vodka now ingenious from the state of iowa that uh, you can just drink the whole damn bottle and you're not gonna have <laughs> so i listened i listened uh, uh about three months ago i remember walking the dog and i was listening to a podcast and i it may have been planet money i just googled episode 826 the vodka vodka proof planet money 
And uh, it is a bottle of fancy bottle. It costs about $35. A bottle of uh, cheap stuff can be under 10 I remember them testing the purity and doing all this stuff. It's only a 20-minute episode. Yeah. Um, there was another one, too, though. There's um, is, is there really a difference uh, between expensive vodka and cheap vodka? So there's another one, March 1st at uh, 18th, and it's the Sporkful, which is a guy named Dan Pashman. It's a, it's a food uh, thing. That's only four minutes. Um, and I think he's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I want to listen to that again because I remember they put it and they sent it to a lab. So I wonder how pure it is and get seriously hung up, hangover free. I don't know about uh, that. Yeah. The, the professor, I was reading this article, I was just looking at it now, and he says, you know, he basically says, you know, if you don't want to, if you really don't want a hangover, you, you know, you don't drink. Don't drink. Yeah, he's <laughs> basically saying, yeah, moderation. But uh, looking at this, uh, the uh, 750 milliliter bottle sells for 24 bucks. So it's not even super expensive. And uh, I wonder, I wonder what kind of distribution they have. Yeah, I wonder too. But uh, apparently, uh, yeah, uh, somebody's done something. Mm. There's in the in the article it says that uh, the distillation of of alcohol was developed about 1,200 years ago by an Arab. Well, that's kind of ironic because mm-hmm. they, they don't want to. They don't not supposed to drink anymore. But uh, so the anyway, this supposedly is. It, it says this is the first additional technology to distillation in 1,200 years to improve the alcohol process. So it is something that. Uh, how, is how is it? Does it is it any good? Uh, well, I had a uh, I had a Bloody Mary, and uh, mm-hmm. who knows? You'd be, that's the thing about vodka. I, I you know I'm not going to drink a shot of vodka. What do what the hell do I care? What it, I mean, how smooth it really is. Usually, it's put in something that completely masks the the taste of it. But you know, I I didn't have a hangover. I only had, only had one one uh, drink. But uh, who knows? So. Yeah. Um, Warning that uh, I just heard the door kind of make some noise, so there could be could be some noise coming our way from. Yes, it's uh, I'm 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 there. I'm ready. And now I um I wanted to bring up this guy. I can't find it. I I just pulled up. There is a guy uh, running for Congress in New York State, and his name is Antonio Delgado. He's a black guy, forty-one year old uh, black lawyer. Um, and he's running against the incumbent Republican uh, Representative John Faso, F-A-S-O, in the New York's 19th Congressional District. Anyway, uh, Delgado had recorded a rap album uh, under the name Ad The Voice or A.D. The Voice. Yeah, A.D. as in El- Antonio Delgado. Okay. So anyway, the Republicans, they have a, a commercial where they use clips from the current 41-year-old you know, attorney, and then they cut it, intersplice it with lyrics from his rap album. Okay, so listen, here's here's where it's really manipulative, really fucked up, and that he's not qualified to be state popular. Here's where I'm a little caught up. Here is is that um, the top Republican, the guy who was in office, who used to be registered a Democrat, who was a reality TV star, who was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. The guy that is making America fucking great again. That guy. He sat in his office. Sat across from... He sat there quietly. The quietest I've seen this man in forever. Across from Mr. Kanye West, also about 41 years old. Possibly one of the biggest names in hip-hop. Who stood there next to Mike Myers, making Mike Myers Canadian very uncomfortable as he cried and yelled about George W. Bush and, and Katrina... And now he sits there with a Make America Great, and he's going on Kanye style, talking crazy shit. And you know what? There's this, it's like a fucking prize fight. It was bigger than fucking, what's Conor McGregor and, and, and fucking that, it was the other guy, the boxer. And they sat there, and Fox News went on and on about Kanye West and how great he is. And here, in this midterm election race, mm-hmm. they're fucking taking this guy who has one fucking hip-hop album. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, seriously, are you, where the fuck are we, man? <laughs> what the fuck? Kind of bizarro. Fucking. I will tell you this. Your, your, uh, your state senator there from uh, New Jersey, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Booker, uh, has uh, basically, he's, he's moved. He's, he's now an Iowan. He's living here, I think, pretty much. Wait, why do you say that? 
Because he's here all the time now. Is he really? Is he? Yeah. Is he doing his? Uh, he's, he's running for president, so he's they, they all they all come to Iowa right away because of the. He uh, first, is running for president. You know what? Yes, I, so I he's, mean he's here. Yeah. All he, the time. He, okay. Cory Booker seems like a pretty intelligent guy. I don't know if he has seems any skeletons. Be, yeah. I don't think he, he in some of these congressional hearings. I think he, he's been a little bit. Um, a little bit smug, making way too many faces. Yeah, he's trying to get And I get attention. it, but I, honestly, I think that he's pretty good at using his words. Uh, I don't necessarily think that condescension coming from um, uh, a politician always works. Uh, being holier than thou, I don't think that always works. I don't care. <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, so the here's, the I think, one of the biggest challenges right now with a relatively young, articulate, black male politician rock star style rock star style is with the current president mm-hmm. and obama after eight years it's going to be a tough fucking uphill battle and the the first like the first time around you didn't you didn't have overt racism necessarily right you had the discussion but it was very different than what the world is right now or or right. what the western culture or america in particular is and the sort of the communication tactics of um even with the fucking um when they go when they go low we go high and then who did you have you just had this other guy say when when they go low we kick them who is this democratic uh was it a, I don't know I don't yeah. know who said that Hillary said she's we're we're past uh, whatever the hell it is uh, getting along I don't know exactly how she phrased it but <sighs> yeah um who knows um, yeah I mean it's, it's just yeah. that. I don't know how you. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know how to even look at this uh, at this next election cycle and have any clue whatsoever what possibly might go on at the end of it because everybody, all of us, got fooled so bad with this with the last time. It's like who knows? Uh, it could be. Uh, I don't know. I, I have no clue whatsoever what possibly is going to go on. I, and I hate to even try to even guess. And uh, it's just. Uh, I don't know. I. I yeah, I, it's it's going to be interesting. It's I, yeah. I, I think it's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, uh, just you know it, it's going to be un, as unpredictable as uh, West Virginia, Iowa, Iowa State, or Iowa State University. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, who knows? Yeah. It, 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 it's it's uh, it's what's it's it's Eric Holder. Eric Holder, former oh, yeah, U.S. Attorney the General, yeah, yeah. is he's the one that switched it up. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You talked about, uh, I wrote, I, I just jotted something down while you were talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, four new tires. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I told you Tori, has, uh, we've, she's, she got her uh, school permit. And so uh, mm-hmm. last, right. last week she took her maiden voyage uh, by herself, uh, hopped in the uh, Toyota Matrix and uh, drove to school. Uh, a couple days last week. How, so, what's the distance? Uh, one one point one miles. Okay, you can get your uh, school permit if you live more than one mile from school. We are we just one point one mile. Yeah, We're right. just just over. So you make it though. So she got it. Once you get your uh, school permit, you are allowed to. You can you can uh, you can drive yourself if you have a if you're in sports and there's a uh, if there's another uh, game that's within the school district, you can drive yourself to uh, that school event. Uh, you can drive yourself. Uh, to a like if there's a football game or something like that you can drive yourself to that and so um, Rachel uh, allowed her to drive to there was a football game at the which isn't very far uh, but she drove to the uh, football game on Friday night and uh, she had a friend with her which is also allowed and they were gonna drive straight to the game and, and straight back and uh, I might add that we th- she's electronically tracked I, I don't I don't you know we, we have uh, there's beyond uh, beyond uh, find my iPhone or find friends on the iPhone yes you yeah, have yeah. okay I was yeah, gonna yeah, yeah mm-hmm. we've got this life to, uh, I think it's called lifetime 360 thing on the phone and if oh if yeah, we, yeah, yeah. If, yeah if if we get beyond needing something more powerful than that I don't have any qualms whatsoever in today's world about uh, spending that you, there's a bunch of devices out there that are under $50 that you can snap onto your car that uh, uh, will tell you ex- in exact detail where they've been what they've been doing or, or where the car's been uh, uh, that sort of thing uh, with alerts and all sorts of gizmos but anyway uh, so that said she 
she she didn't wasn't pulling anything. She went to the went to the game on Friday night. Okay, so while she was at the game, at some point, uh, I don't know if uh, she picked up a nail or something uh, on the way there. But when she got out into the car, the uh, tire was flat. Uh, like any kid would probably you you'd have to expect she decided to uh she didn't see it first of all and uh so she got in the car and tried to drive on the flat tire on the back and chewed up the chewed up the tire pretty good uh to the point where that tire couldn't be uh, repaired and uh so we had to go get her uh, that that night and then we went back the next day and um i uh, yesterday, I you know got the flat tire, the the the, the tire out of the back, and uh, you know changed the tire and got the tire going. And I went to the tire shop with it, and I thought, well, I was looking at the tires, and I thought we should probably replace two of these. I was going to put uh, tires on the on the back because the ones on the front didn't look too bad. So the guy at the tire shop says, well, you know, this is an all-wheel drive vehicle. It's a Matrix with all, all-wheel drive, uh, and uh, says. Uh, you should probably uh, change all four because on an all-wheel drive vehicle, the the tire should uh, should match absolutely. Uh, and so I was looking at the you know, the whole uh, you know looking at the shape of the other two and all that stuff. So anyway, uh, long story short, I tell the guy, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and, and change all four. Uh, so uh, that's when we had gone to breakfast, and so we were at breakfast waiting for the guy to call us back. And he said it would be about forty-five minutes and give us a call back. So while we're having breakfast, he calls me and he said, "Hey, we were taking the the uh, tires off your car, and on the, the last one that we we're going to put on, um, as we were trying to uh, separate the actual wheel from the uh, you know pop it off the uh, off the uh, vehicle to to be able to change it, we noticed that your wheel bearing is bad." Uh, we don't change wheel bearings at this place. We can't fix it for you. And uh, really, to be safe, you're going to have to uh, take this someplace else uh, and get it fixed and then come back and we'll put the last tire on. I was like, okay, all right. So um, tires are about 400 bucks. Uh, I'm figuring the wheel bearing is going to be about 200. So um, well, anyway, it, it turned into like uh, we we left at uh, about like 8:30 in the morning to go. Um, I was going to change the one tire, bring the thing back home, and it wasn't going to be a big deal. I was even I thought, okay, uh, I got back about like three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> After wow. all of this, yeah. So it's going to be more like six hundred bucks because I had to get the vehicle delivered. The guy at the tire shop is going. You really can't drive this. He's going. You should have it towed. And uh, so I was looking, looking at him, and I thought, you know, fuck it. I, I, we've been driving it all over. I'm, I'm going to our repair shop where I was going to take it is only about oh about three miles up the road from where the tire shop was. So I just drove it. I, t- I took the risk and I just drove right, it. Right. Sure. So I, said, so I said, fuck it. But yeah, this is yeah, something you thought was going to be. You know, an hour of your day turned into mm-hmm. most most of the day. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's uh, happened to me a number of times, particularly with the tires. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, even if even if it was after I bought these four new tires at the beginning of the year, and the reason I bought these tires from Mavis Discount Tire is because they're all over the place, and with the insurance on them. If I'm driving in North Jersey or wherever I am, at least I don't have to get the car towed, bring it to my shop or wherever, or the local tire shop. Yes. But every time it goes in, they find something else. They always find something else. And then I go to my mechanic and like, no, you don't have to take care of that. That's fine. That's normal. You know, and it's just that kind of shit. And I fucking, I hate that model. I just hate it. Like, uh, you know, I was it? um, Yeah, I, I just... It's just, uh, it's frustrating. But, you know, usually what I do when that happens is if I'm by myself and I need to get the work done is I just go for a long walk and I get something to eat and just I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, you know, get some exercise in. But, uh, but it, it's not what it is, not what you're planned for, or prepared for, you know, same thing happens every time I call Apple and deal with my computer issues. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a pain. You what were you talking about the password thing? I I got locked out of my Apple account for mm-hmm. uh, it was thirty days. I had to wait thirty fucking <laughs> yeah, days to get in. Yeah, which yeah. Was, that was like the biggest pain in the ass with yeah. whatever. Um, so we are uh, this weekend. Uh, we uh, our granddaughter is, is she's here uh, fairly regularly. She's uh, with uh, with us last night. She's going to be here all day and. Uh, I, I noticed something yesterday. She's uh, she's a uh, how many months? She's a year. And she's almost a year and a half. Uh, okay. So um, I, I noticed something yesterday that um, just in terms of biology and, and the way way things go on with with uh, with humans and and. Um, 
she was standing there in front of me and all of a sudden she she got this uh, real glassy-eyed kind of smile and was looking at me and and was uh, really trying to concentrate and uh, I realized she was standing there looking at me smiling and and uh, pooping she was pooping and uh, I was I, I don't know I was just I think maybe we Americans in general we'd be more happy if we could just stand up and shit our pants. <laughs> <laughs> she looked really. It was, it was the yeah. most pleased, pleased yeah, looking sure. person I've all weekend. Out of all the people I've looked at face to face this weekend, the guy at the tire shop, mm-hmm. the guys waiting at the tire yeah. shop, mm-hmm. um, people, uh, you know, the guy that was telling me about the vodka. Okay, he was pretty happy, yeah. but um, she had the most just pleased uh, look on yeah. her face. Like, I'm yeah, you, you you can't be you can't be that angry when you're just like just taking a shot. Just. Especially when somebody you don't really have to say, "Hey, you could look at." You don't have. We wouldn't have to look at each other and say, "I'm taking." Wait a minute, I'm taking a shit. Just, just shut up right now for just yeah. a second. I want you to know. I, I should do it more on the podcast. I've done it once before. Like we stopped recording, but I did it. I didn't mean to. I didn't expect it, but it happened. And I, and I, and I. But I'm just sitting here right now and be like, "While well, you're telling a story, like, John's really quiet." <laughs> so I think John's really intently listening. No, John was taking a shit. He was little literally tear just, little tear just dropped out of his eye, corner of his eye. And I was oh like, man, this is a happy person. I was like, yeah. 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 <laughs> my my uh, my sister. My sister was over uh, yesterday. She had an appointment here in Red Bank, yeah. and uh, so she had come by. I didn't even know she was coming by. She didn't tell me about it. She told uh, her sister-in-law, my my ex-wife, she told Nadia. And she, as she pulled up to the house, I guess she saw that. Um, my my work van is here and she's like i didn't know you'd be home i was like why well, wouldn't you know that'd be home she just made an assumption that i'm working so all the time it's like okay fine so she had the baby she dropped him off so it was great i went in i went in the house and it's the second time it's happened he just started crying when he saw me he usually really likes me so he's 10 months old and uh usually great he's usually respond he's funny but my ex-wife was holding him it was just like i don't know if she tainted him i don't know if she told him some shit about me i'm not sure what was going on you know <laughs> like so anyway so so i finally got him to come around and uh i'm holding him now and andrea was making she was she was cooking dinner and she had made uh sweet potatoes she had roasted some sweet potatoes so she um started to feed him and i had him on my lap and we're at the dining room table like i'm sitting at the head of the table and andrea's like perpendicular to me so kind of at the corner of the table and he's like and i'm holding him on my lap and i'm like playing around with him and he was eating and i'm like switching my head on both sides of him and i'm sort of like i'll be on one side it's like that bizarro game of not quite peekaboo but i'm like over i'm over here now where did I go? Where did I go? What am I doing? Then I'm just doing the physicality of it. And as I put my head down and he's eating, I'm mimicking, mimicking him eating and going like, and I just thought to myself, I started laughing. I'm like, can you imagine if you behave that way at a restaurant with an adult? You're sitting next to someone, like it's a first date and you're sitting like across and you just reach across the table like, no, no, no. You'd be like a fucking crazy person, you know? But it's just, But at the same time, it's wonderful and fabulous to to like be on the floor with him and to be like he was like crawling on the floor my neither of my kids ca- crawled they just went to walking like cameron started walking at nine months just pulled him up like running a part of that with cameron was i lived we lived in a uh, a, a really nice part of of new york city downtown manhattan battery park city and we had these lush lawns so I just he didn't have shoes on he just took the shoes off and he was on this lawn and falling was an issue well, you know it's great so um so I, when i see a kid crawling it's kind of freaky and kind of cold to me like it doesn't matter what style they use but he uses the style where he's like flat down and he's like dragging his body right his knees are just like moving yeah it's just like it's real stout like oh shit he's like like a little army man you're right it's like so so i'm fascinated by he's on the floor in the living room wood floor but there's like a a big throw rug down and he's crawling out and the dog's there so he's mimicking the dog going like So I start doing it. I have video of this nonsense. It's like, <laughs> I'll tell you, man, it's it's the most present and chill and happy I've been ever outside of taking a shit. Just taking outside a shit and that. Those are the two things. in front of somebody, right in front of them. <laughs> All right. Let's go right now. And Little explosion. Mm-hmm. Shit but, my pants. Yeah, it was good to have them, uh, especially after the week that I had, the long week of working 
I don't know how many hours I put in. I, I did track my hours, but uh, I don't pay attention. I just send them to my boss so that they can put it in and I get you're paid not, eventually. You're not trying to like uh, going, okay, today I made this much money and uh, I'm in. You're, you're, I'm sure you're popped into overtime and then you're like, wait a minute, now I'm making this much? No, I'm not even looking at it. I'm not. So for whatever reason, I didn't get paid uh, yet on either job. I've done a total of uh, six days. Uh, one day with that other with a Netflix uh, series and then five days with the show that I'm currently on full time. So I'm not going to count anything until I start making money and pay attention to what it is, you know, and there's no, I have no control over when I start, when I finish the hours are the hours. Yeah. And, but I would imagine that the number of hours I was logged in at work had to be over 64 last week. So it's long days. It's uh, to, so today is Sunday, October fourteenth. Tomorrow I have to pick up uh, one of the producers at six a.m. and then someone at six fifteen. So I'll pick them up, which means I have to leave no later than five o'clock, and I'll probably use more time. I'm probably going to stay on Staten Island at my parents' house, and I told you about my dad telling me, like, the toaster oven shouldn't go to seven, and my mom. And did I talk? Oh, the next night? I talked about my mom. Yeah, I talked you about my mom. You know what you should mom. do? You should, you should bring your own toaster oven when you get, you just walk in the door <laughs> with your own toaster oven and go, and just plop it down on the table and go, mm-hmm. all right, Dad, this, is, this, one mm-hmm. goes to, this one goes to 10. Mm-hmm. I bought one that goes to 10, and I'm yeah. going to put it on 10, and you mm-hmm. can shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And it's or, why don't yeah. they just have pre-made toast? Let's just start selling pre-made toast. Does pre-made that really toast. help? No, it wouldn't be warm. Yeah. You'd have to microwave it, then it would get soft and soggy. Yeah, that, that would be. A, I don't, yeah, I think that. Yeah, it's called croutons or <laughs> just it's, that's not toast. Stale bread. Stale yeah. bread. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah. it's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just. So are you? Uh, I'm out of sorts. Jo- the the job thing. Are you occasionally ever? Is uh, there any like uh, like Nick Nolte walks in and you know asks for uh, you know where's the, where's the toast at or is it? <laughs> no, there's the there's no. I, I haven't driven uh, Uncle Junior from The Sopranos yet. Yeah. I haven't driven him. Uh, I have driven an actress uh, from like uh, her trailer, like Camperland trailer, to set twice. Yeah. Uh, she was very much yeah. in her acting brain, like just in that yeah. space. Um, I drove a kid Friday night. Well, he's not a kid. He's 31 years old. He is an actor um, and uh, lives from Los Angeles, lives in Los Angeles. Really grounded, really well, like just a good kid, good looking kid too. And he. Um, but he's very humble. He's very like appreciative, and he's like, like he was very much like you know I'll, I'll be right there. I'm so sorry to make you wait. I, I appreciate you. He's like that guy, like locked in, you know, like <laughs> eye contact. I get say, yeah. but he, but I, I really think he's genuine. I just think yeah. I won't I won't share too much about him. I won't mention his name, but I'm like I I'm very like I was impressed with his demeanor. You know, I don't know that it stays that way. Let's say that this show does fairly well, or he's a standout on the show. Mm-hmm. But it, it was a pretty good story. Like I'm I'm gonna root for this kid. You're you hoping know? He, he goes somewhere. Yeah. yeah, nothing to do with me having met him or driving him. Like, some people think that's really cool, and they ask you those questions, and my daughter wants to know, and it's this. Yeah. And it's not that I don't care, but they're just people, you know? They're it's just, just people. Yeah, they're just pretending. They're just people that do a weird job. It's a very strange job. Pretending to be uh, something else. Yeah. Then, I, yeah. yeah then, you know, the, pe- the people that, that pretend, spend all their life, their whole thing is about pretending to be something that they're not. Then when they mm-hmm. say something about politics we're supposed to listen to it <laughs> well the president had kanye west sit there and it was very important what he said so so for all those fuck like the fucking people that are trump supporters that i know of that are always bitching about meryl streep and robert de niro and all that shit oh yeah i like i now i'm gonna proactively after we finish recording this go to that guy's facebook page to, to see what he wrote about it that motherfucker better be consistent. If he wrote one positive fucking thing about Kanye West and oh, anything gosh. that he said, yeah. fuck you, you hypocrite, you piece sure of shit. Did, and man. fuck yeah. you, fuck you, Fox News, you hypocrites. You know what was really weird? Because I think it was either the day before that or the day, I think that might have been the day after he uh, he flew to Iowa, the, the President Trump did, and he was here in Iowa and he was in uh, Council Bluffs, which is right across, Council Bluffs, Iowa, is located right across the river from Omaha, Nebraska. And so uh, Trump was telling everybody in, in Iowa that uh, he is uh, fully behind the idea that we're going to build a wall between Iowa and Nebraska, and we're going to make Nebraska pay for it, which I, I think is a great fucking idea. And so, I don't know, maybe he's... 
I think he's using his own shit over and over too much. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so he was here. He was uh, mm-hmm. trying to. He's trying to keep up with with uh, Cory Booker. So anywhere Cory Booker goes, Trump goes. Booker goes. Trump goes. So, so uh, this Cory Booker thing, I didn't even realize this because I was wondering who the hell the uh, the heir apparent is uh, for uh, the Democrats in 2020. Uh, is Cory Booker chosen or is he doing it on his own? He's just like fuck this. I'm going for it. Laying the well, groundwork. They're, 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 all, they're all still at the phase uh, where uh, I think it's different than the last time because the, the Hillary hijinks where it was all basically, it was, you know, it was, it was decided ahead of time. There was that, that whole thing where we let Bernie run around and, you know, and talk and all that stuff. That was, that was all bullshit. That was all, uh, you know, basically they had, the Democrats had already decided through their system who, was, who the candidate was going to be and the superdelegates and it was all, it was, it was right. Um, and uh, so what's different now though is that, uh, that that's not occurring. They're, they don't have that system in place anymore. That was, uh, that was dismantled, that whole uh, superdelegate thing. So uh, right now it's anybody's, anybody's guess uh, who that might be. So we're hearing about Biden. I read something this week that Biden might have uh, skeletons in his closet with the, that are Me Too uh, that uh, and he's old enough that he may have some of that kind of stuff going on because uh, it was you know it was, it was mad men he was he was he was living in that era so um, you know there was there was a lot of uh, you know drinking and womanizing going on back then you know people were smoking cigars uh, and uh, you know drinking vodka in the morning uh, and not caring about a hangover but uh, so yeah you got uh, uh, Camille Harris you still got uh, uh, what's her name the old uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Listen to me, the old, the old broad, Elizabeth Warren. There's, there's a bunch of them that are, I think, still. Uh, you know, we're, we're seeing what's going to shake out and what's going to happen. So, so you got the. To me, it's it's like it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like these uh, shows, these talent shows, where where they've got the the first round in the talent show, the, whether it's The Voice or American Idol, where they, the the really uh, crappy, goofy, crazy stuff uh, kind of happens at the beginning with the first round, and then um, once we actually things start to coalesce and we do have actual real candidates um, where you get a little closer to the where they're debating each other and this stuff that's that's more like the um, the second round of of the voice and uh, we haven't gotten there yet and it got weird you would think last time how fucking weird it got and I, I would have thought at the beginning of the last time you know that Trump had no chance whatsoever but then he kept coming out with these uh, you know these uh, goofy nicknames for people and standing too close to them and debates and acting like uh, just doing weird shit and uh, that's that spoke to <laughs> It spoke to a group of people, so uh, I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, Booker's—he's uh, definitely trying. I've, I've heard, uh, I've heard uh, stories or read things about some people think that uh, Booker would be a good candidate to run as uh, not as the president, but as the running mate for for Joe Biden. Those two together, but. Uh, Biden's not That's Biden's not that young though. I mean, but then no, again, but he's, he's probably in like he's probably in the same ballpark as uh, Trump. Um, yeah, he's in the seventies, but he's he's perce- and they're saying that fucking Kerry uh, is is thinking about running too, uh, and he's like seventy four now. So there's a and and who knows Hillary may th- may may try it again if if she, if she decides to. So um, then there are all those people are in their you know into their seventies and would be older candidates. I think, I, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but I, I think that uh, a lot of people m- might be uh, as excited about or more excited about the uh, younger candidates, but uh, you still can't on the on the Republican side. I, was, I just saw a, uh, over the week uh, here, I saw a, uh, it was one of those infographic things, but they were showing, uh, it was something that came from Barnes & Noble, and it was showing the... Uh, people who buy political books uh whether they're more uh leaning more towards which states are the red states or the blue states based on the political books that are being sold through barnes and noble and uh, it looked like a lot of red there was a lot of red stuff there and i think i counted the states that were blue there were 17 states that leaned blue now out of those 17 states there were some big population centers getting to the idea that you know if you get up into the northeast where you live or you know california yeah, there's a lot of fucking people who live there, but again, we've got the electoral college that falls into place, and and it uh, even though the popular vote may be one thing, then the uh, then the election falls another way. So I think uh, even though uh, we we see the daily deluge of news, uh, we read the goofy stuff about Trump and Kanye, and it all not all of us, but a lot of people look at that and go, Jesus, it was fucking crazy. There's there's no way he's gonna win.
and there's a lot of people that are thinking that. But um, I would say uh, second term uh, presidents uh, being w- w- what that is and how uh, predominantly they win. And uh, then you got to get back to the idea that there has to be a verifiable candidate that's worth voting for uh, on the other side, perceived to be worth voting for. Uh, that that's yet yet to happen. It's yet to to show itself. So we'll have to see who that is. Some people say anybody, but but I don't think that's going to work. I think it's got to be uh, there's something something has to happen from the from the Dem side. That's uh, that's much uh, much stronger than uh, than happened last time. Even though some people say Hillary was a strong candidate, it didn't work out. It's got to be something different. So who the fuck knows? So I was. I was just Googling ages of some of these politicians, or actually it was just Joe Biden. I just want to know, how old is Joe Biden? So uh, it wasn't on his Wikipedia page, and I couldn't do the math, but uh, he's 75 years old right now. He'll be 76 in November, November 20th, right? So by the time 2020, he would be 77, which is, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, It shows here, people also search for Bernie Sanders, 77. John Kerry, 74. Elizabeth right. Warren, 69. Donald uh-huh. Trump, 72. Hillary Clinton, 70. What do all of these fuckers have in common? They're all fucking <laughs> old. You know what I mean? Like, Joe Biden's yeah. a very young 75, and he's a pretty fucking he cool 75, right? He is, he is. So, yeah. and, you know, look at some of those pictures of young Joe Biden. You know, he's a good looking motherfucker. So, I'm not so sure those are Me Too moments. I'm just kidding. It has nothing to do with looks. I mean, you could still have a Me Too moment just because you're rich. Anyway, um, Barack Obama, 57. Now, Cory now. Booker, 49. But now here's the thing is that 49, he'll be 51 by the time he runs. He'd still be very young. Oh, but yeah. so I just I just got an idea for a script. I don't know. I'm, I'm working it out of my head. So you get so here's the concept. You've got like a a um, clearly an Obama type, right? And the Obama type, I'm thinking it can't be Chris Rock. Chris Rock is not a good enough actor to pull this off. I'm thinking maybe Donald Glover, who's Childless Gambino. He's got that show Atlanta, okay? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so he plays the president. You age him in it, okay? It could have been. It could be either Key and Peele. Maybe fucking Jordan Peele who directed Get Out. Maybe he can direct this, right? So here's the thing. You have this hopeful president. It's like this new guy. He is the... He's the guy, and they love him. But then they turn on him, and they hate him, and the whole tide goes. And then the next guy in is this old, curmudgeon white fucking, he's saying everything, and he's a, you know. And then what ends up happening is they come up with a plot where Donald Glover, character, the successful president that a lot of the country liked, a lot of the people hated, he goes, on, he now creates a fake identity. Maybe the Russians, I don't care how he gets it. And he's an old white guy. And he gets in office and he runs the country as an old white. I think it's a brilliant fucking idea. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Let's let Mr. Big Voice take us out. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed Unbecoming of Age. Bonus content at unbecomingofage.com. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Find us on social media at Unbecoming of Age. And sometimes when we touch.